Self-Discovery Radio, the discovery of self is but a show away. With over 1,800 shows and growing, we bring you those liberating stories that help you on your own life's journey from every single topic you can think of. The only common denominator is authenticity and being in your meaningful purpose. Come and read our new e-book, plus see our discovery store and what wonderful tools we have for you. Do enjoy our shows and don't forget to share. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. My guest today is Luca Halex. Being who you really are will get you where you want to be. It's really very simple, isn't it? But we still seem to be stuck. Well, which foot do I put in front of the other? How do I, how do I do this? Can I do this? Am I worthy of doing this? Well, uh, Luke provides a safe, non-judgmental space in which to work with. Um, she helps you unravel yourself and connect with who you really are and uh, kind of tap into the cosmic and the universal truth because quite honestly it's right there to help with you uh, for you it's that is there for so it's um we're going to be talking about navigating the map of your known self and uh, she also does psychic readings and something she's done for quite some time so when she does even help you as a coach or a counselor that beautiful um intuitive persona is always very much on the ball and can help guide you to where you need to go um she does um private counseling for people's empowerment uh, she also does power in your back pocket and uh psychic reading circles um which is also very interesting but first and foremost let's find out how did this journey start for her when did she embrace that beautiful gift of who she is uh, and being who she is and being empowered by it so that she can empower others so welcome to the show luca thank you it's a pleasure to be here so we had a talk beforehand and, and really found there was a great deal of synergy there. And, um, you know, let's talk about the word psychic because, of course, immediately people start thinking of kind of fortune teller, which uh, you're not. You're more a, a spiritual counselor. <laughs> yes, the, the crystal ball and the, right, the exactly. tent at the fair, right? Yeah, yes, exactly. the big bangle earrings. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, of course, well, people <laughs> will look at you and they think, well, you don't fit that persona. Well, it's only because that persona is being imposed upon you, but, you know, do not assume. Um, yes. And also that, you know, psychic readings, it, it's very, very much of um, kind of reading someone's map, isn't it? Understanding where they are mm-hmm. right now, what opportunities they've got up ahead of them. And uh, they've got to walk it though, right? Oh, God, yes. It's not, I always say, the first thing I always say to people when I start working with them is that their gut feel is more important than anything I'm going to tell them. Mm-hmm. So I believe that we have to be our own um, tuning fork and listen to our own inner knowing. And my job really is to empower that inner knowing. So most of the time people say to me when they get to the end of a session, well, you really didn't tell me anything that I didn't already know. Um, and that's I'm happy when I hear that because mm-hmm. what that tells me is that I'm validating what they know. And um, often I'm I'm reframing uh, the picture of what they're looking at so that they can see more possibilities. Yeah. So we, we know that if you take the um, a frame off a picture and put a new frame on, uh, you can drastically change what the picture looks like without changing the picture. Yes. And that's, you know, we know that there's things that we can't see ourselves. You know, hard to yes. turn the eyes in and that, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. you, what you're seeing is, is a, their obvious truth that very often we're clouded by. 
because we're still living by life's expectations so much. Yeah, right? yeah, and a lot of those messages coming from our culture, um, which m- means well, you know, mm-hmm. we all live together and we try to make our world work in a in a way that comes out the way we need it to. But a lot of that is guided by fear. So a lot of the work that we're all doing in this, in, in what, what we, you know, euphemistically call the new age, which isn't new at all, no. um, is, <laughs> revival, is helping. I think, the new revival. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really helping people to tune out all of the stuff that doesn't work for them. Yeah. And, um, and listen to, um, what they know to be true. So, you know, the fear guides a lot of this. If, if the commercial world can make us afraid enough, they can make us buy things. Um, and most often things that we don't really need. Yeah. So, um, so we're, we're, we're retuning, um, our radios so that we get the program we want and not, <laughs> not the standard broadcast, I think. Yeah, exactly. And kind of, I'm going to put an analogy to that too, kind of your standard broadcasting to podcasting. Uh, yes, because yes. radio blog and podcasting now is is delving far more into yeah. the truths and the layers and and what yeah. really is there instead of this kind of you know um, fanciful or sensational um, yeah. expose of something that doesn't touch the truth at all. No, and and I think a lot of people are finding that it's a relief. Many people, I think, are also finding that there's so much out there that they don't know where to look, mm-hmm. and so we're in that wonderful process. With all of, like, I do, um, alternative radio, um, campus and community radio, which is very similar to the podcasting that you're doing in the mm-hmm. sense that we're giving voice to the voices that don't always get heard. Exactly. Um, and I think that as, as we get better at this, as we get better at, um, finding our audiences and getting the message out, more people are able to find us, um, and tune in regularly as they do with you and, and with me as well. Right. Um, been doing it for three years now you've been doing it much longer than that so so this is yeah but it's like it's amazing how quickly all those episodes start to add up and create a body of work that people can come back and dip into right yeah i was i was adding i chose the other day because i was at my fourth year anniversary of of my radio station and uh and i realized between my last radio station and this one I have very close to a thousand shows under my belt now. Yeah, and it's amazing how quickly that happens. Exactly, and so you know, my orchard of wisdom is prime for pricking. And I very yeah. often say that when you listen to a show without expectation, just truly listen. Yeah. The the questions you have not yet asked are being asked answered for you. Yes, and asked and answered because sometimes there's a guest on the show who will ask a question, and you'll think, oh, I want to know that too. Yeah. Exactly. You know, who needs therapy? Just listen to the shows. It's all there. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And, and, and answers. Uh, right. And this will be very, very comforting in knowing that people, uh, or, you know, I say, or I interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the common denominator of what everybody's looking for in life, it, you know, obviously is that security, um, that feeling of well, you know, well-being and worth and contribution, um, and also, you know, of love and kindness in the world. Everybody's looking for the same thing. It just I think so. go about it in different ways. And the more you share those stories and the more you, you know, um, realize there's a common denominator, um, and the more you yeah. realize that we are more the same well, than we are different. Storytelling has been our way of creating community and passing on wisdom and challenging ourselves, um, exploring uh, for since since humans have been able to communicate with one another, 
Right, exactly. It, it's Rhonda such Tyler. an old tool. Yeah, it is. And, and it's, it's the way the wisdom is passed on. And you know, when we think about what we've, what we've got here today with, with radio where people can go back and listen at their own pace, their own time when they're ready. Yep. Um, it's picking up, um, it's, it's kind of that encyclopedia always there for you. I think so. Yeah. I mean, we've always, it's, it's such an interesting thing, the internet to me, because I remember the time when there wasn't any internet and, and I remember the encyclopedias that mm-hmm. we used to have and that they didn't get renewed all that often. No. So it tells me, and, and we knew that the encyclopedias were out of date. Yes. Uh, but we didn't always know what in them was out of date, but things were moving slower in those days. Now everything is moving so quickly that not only can we not rely on a paper, printed paper encyclopedia, or even a printed paper dictionary nowadays. Mm. Now, I have an app on my phone that's a dictionary. But um, everything is changing so quickly that I think we can't even rely on what is external. I think that we've lost sight of the fact that we have access ourselves to everything we need to know. And that's a whole different concept. Yeah, It's one that's hard to wrap our heads around because our language doesn't accommodate it yet. Yes, I think that, you know, we're, we're still very much in that boxed thinking, aren't we? I think um, so, yeah. And, it's, and but it's external. Really, yeah. Right? Uh, it's, we're beginning to realize there is no box. There is yes. no boundary. There, you, yes. You're unlimited. You know, as you, you've got a lovely sentence here, life is a unique adventure for each and uh, for all of us. And it yes. isn't over until it's over. And then yeah. it may continue in another realm. Yeah. And I think this is something people are waking up to. You know, we are... A human spirit having a physical experience. Absolutely, yeah. Right? And yeah. Uh, once this body goes, though, it doesn't mean you've gone. your signature still goes on. And, uh, you yeah. know, and it isn't over until that last breath is taken in this lifetime. Yeah, I think so. I, and I'm finding that I am my own human experiment because most of what I've learned, I've learned... I'm I'm a true autodidact in that way. I mean, I scrounge things from here, there, and everywhere. Anywhere I find a piece of wisdom, I take it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think some of my most profound learning has not come necessarily through other people, but through um, especially times when I've had body work done on me. Yeah. Um, I have a a wonderful masseuse I work with um, who also does cranial, so I, I do alternating sessions of, of a massage and a craniosacral session, mostly because I do a lot of writing, so I'm sitting at my computer all the time, and that's my way of keeping my back in alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when I'm on her table, I get all kinds of fascinating information, and she's sensitive to energy as well, so I'll get something, and then she'll say something that validates what I'm getting. And I'm able to validate what she's getting. And what we're learning together, the two of us, is that the, all the info, information we need is there as and when we need it. Yes. Um, and are, there are days when I get up off the table and we're both stunned by what we've just learned from from the experience of being together. Because I believe that when you take two human beings and you put them together, their antennas get stronger. Yeah, exactly. It's like an exponential multiplying of the power of the antenna. Yes. Um, One of the things that my guides, and I refer to guides as um, discarnate helpers. It's like um, my higher self, except that it's not me. It's Mm -hmm. it's other entities who are in the body. 
and I, um, sometimes I think of it as my soul family. Um, but what they said to me the other day was that they were so sorry that they'd had to keep me so small for so long. Mm. And they weren't talking about my physical size. They were talking about my energetic size. Yes. And it's not that it's better to be bigger. It's not a comparative thing. No. You know, like once we get out of the three-dimensional paradigm and we get into a multi-dimensional way of looking at things, then it's not better. It's just different. Yes. And and uh, as soon as I I heard this voice in my head, because I often hear voices in my head, um, saying to me, "We're so sorry, we had to keep you so small for so long," it it was a relief. And I think this is what happens when I talk to people and I bring information through mm-hmm. from their higher selves. Is there's this sense of relief when we hear something that we know to be true, but we hadn't said it to ourselves before. And very often it becomes a permission, doesn't it? I think it does. Yeah. You know, in that releasement, you can let go of the clamps. I give you permission to fly. Yes, yes, yes. And it's flight as in we have to, I, I'm constantly defining words for people because mm. I'm taking the language and bending it because we don't have language yet. And this is why I call myself a power sorcerer and I spell it as S-O-U-R-C-E. Um, and the, and the misspelling is deliberate because I'm taking people back to their source. Yes. But in a way it's sorcery, right? Yeah. It seems like magic. It's not magic. And I think that once we really um, and I think the physicists and the scientists are working on this now. Once we really understand energy better, we're 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 going to know that this is all as as logical as building a bridge is for engineers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we may drive across the bridge and think, "Isn't this magical? And doesn't it look beautiful? And how do all the wires stay up there?" But but if we sit and talk to an engineer, we can see how it all works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the same thing happens um, with what I do with people. Um, I'm just helping them to take what seems to be too good to be true or magical or doesn't have a basis in logical, reasonable, rational, um, that that it actually is um, pragmatic, that this, uh, this has application that we can use even in our business lives. So people often say to me, are you a business coaster? coach or or a personal coach and my response to them is coaching is coaching it's one of the it, same yeah it doesn't matter what you're working on right. and you don't i when i worked in the corporate world there was a, a belief in place at the time and it, i think it may be shifting by now but in those days this would have been in the 80s there was a belief that you should keep your private life and your personal life your family life at home yeah. And your work life at work and the two should never mix. Right. But I worked in a human resources department, so I was dealing with the mix all the time and how, how much pain and discomfort it created for people when they were going through things either at work or at home that were spilling over into the other universe. Um, and I don't believe that it's useful to keep them separate like that. I mean, I think if you're going through a divorce, it's going to affect your work life. And the more upfront and transparent we can be about that, the more understanding we can garner, the more help we can bring in to get somebody through the process. It's not like they're going to stay there for the next 10 years. Um, so I, and I think the same thing is true when there's, you know, if you're going through a merger at work or, or you've just been downsized or there's, there's, um, something difficult going on in the economy that's affecting everybody's work life. That, that spills over into the family as well. I think what we're so, looking here too, the really big thing is also the ethics. 
I think I one think thing so. we're seeing so you know very ma- very many companies and especially kind of run by more millennials. Um, yeah. We're seeing. Um, I'm part of the team. You know, this is me, my my sleeve. I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve. Uh, This is my passion and my love, and we're in it together. And that being supportive of one another strengthens the loyalty, the commitment, the inspiration, the creativity, and solidifies the growth of your company because of that humanity. I think so. If I'm doing business with someone, I want to know they're the same person at home as they would be in business just a business hat just means yeah. they're putting on their professional knowledge but if yeah. that integrity is not the same no i don't want to I, do I, I think that's true i i do a lot of work in cafes um especially since my home has been under renovation i'm so i'm self-employed so i either work from home or i work from somewhere out out in the neighborhood mm-hmm. so i go into ca- cafes and what i notice is that the cafes that are run by the owner have a vastly different feel than the cafes that are run by people who just work there. And it isn't the people working there. It's not, there's nothing wrong with them. It's that the whole atmosphere is more fun to them. It's, it, um, it's more empowering for them when there's somebody there who's, who takes pride in the place. Yeah. Yeah. And this takes is my pride baby. in them as employees. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's the microcosm. But the yeah. and, and I think one of the things that that Starbucks deal with is that they have become so big now mm-hmm. that the people who own the operation aren't in there, and the operation is being run by young people. And young people can be fantastic employees. They can be motivated and friendly, and 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 um, create a community all around them. But they need some somebody there who's Who's mentoring them? Yes, kind of somebody that and I don't can allow, you know, the exuberance, but no one to cap it and bring it down. Yeah, yeah, and you can tell a Starbucks that has a really great supervisor. Yes, yeah. I mean, really uh, because I think that goes a long way to ameliorate. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the very, very important thing to know this is in any form of business, whether it's just you and some someone else, or just you, or yeah. you're running an entire team. Yeah. You know that. Open honesty and synergy with your with your colleagues um, is so important. They're going to respect you're the boss, and those are your decisions. It's not a question yeah. of you put on your boss face and you start bullying people. It's no. a question. Well, of because that comes out of fear. Right. right exactly. The fear is not a great way to no, run anything. Not at all. Um, if you love what you're doing and you respect your coworkers, and when you demand out of them their full attention. They're willing to give it because you've acknowledged them as a person and not just as number such and such. It's the same way uh, of people um, when they buy the coffee. You know, somebody behind the hill could be having a bad day. If you give that person on this side who's purchasing it the opportunity to say, oh, I'm so sorry, I wish your day gets better. You've just given them a connection, a feeling like they're giving something to you. And there is automatically a wonderful connection made there. It's just humanizing everything, isn't it? I think so. And it, it allows us to stay in the moment. Then each action in our day is a pleasure. I was I was driving around town um, on Tuesday. I had to go to the dentist. One of the most fun things to do. And, and I was, we were commenting on the traffic and on how... Um, aggressive the drivers were not all of them but mm-hmm. but many drivers were quite aggressive and um 
not not patient. And I was thinking that traveling around could be a pleasant pastime. I remember when I first got my driver's license, it was the most exciting yeah. thing I could ever imagine doing. Yeah. Gave me a sense of freedom, but we didn't have the same amount of traffic no. at that time. No. And I think that the traffic is is an uh, is analogous of what's going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. That you don't really enjoy where you're having a coffee if you're running in um, and looking at your watch and text and figuring out your appointments for the day and getting your coffee and running to the office. Yeah. You don't look at the person who's on the other side of the counter. You don't you don't notice the person who's before you or behind you in the line. But, and, and not because you're a bad person. But because we're we're running on this adrenaline of got to get it done, yeah. um, not enough, got to have more, got to be better, um, and that running the world doesn't make for a place where we can actually enjoy. It. We're constantly running to a future place that's going to be better than the one that we're in right now. And if if I'm right in my observations over thirty some odd years of doing readings. Time and space are not what we think they are. So that means that um, it's this idea of the of the microcosm that's in the macro macrocosm and the other way around, um, which is um, physics talks about this a lot. But this the the idea that um, if we can slow down and smell the roses, that all the bigger things are right there in the roses. Um, Dr. Seuss wrote a wonderful book about called Horton Hears a Who. <laughs> and, and it's the story about this whole microcosm yes. that's inside a flower. Which they made a brilliant movie out of it. Yes. Um, but I think that he wrote, he was a, a man ahead of his time and he wrote some wonderful stuff that is, um, uh, great for kids to read, but also for adults to read. Yes. And that was the one that was about, um, uh, all of us taking care of one another on the planet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really, we know there's an awful lot of things wrong out there right now. And if we want to see the changes, then we have to be the ones to change and yeah. be interactive and step up and yeah. participate because, you know, we're equally the problem as we are the solution. And exactly. It just comes down to our choice. And, you yeah. know, it, it comes down to first and foremost you. You know, we we talk about the collective and we don't want people to become Borg, you know, Star Trek's Borg, because it's mindless and one person telling everybody what to do. Yeah, we want want people to stay connected to their hearts. Exactly. You know, your heart, your soul, your spirit, that is your DNA identity of what your meaningful purpose is, your contribution. Be full, be abundant. Yes. And I don't want to demonize the mind or the ego, because I think that if we live in this world, it has its place. The mind is absolutely brilliant at executing the or the orders of the heart. Yeah. And the heart is intimately connected with the intuition and the intuition is the, the, the string that connects us to our souls. So if that, if that is a way for us to look at it, then the mind is always in service to the, to the soul. But that's it's, the point though. That yeah. is the point. The yeah. mind is in service. Yeah, I call it the yeah. knowingness factor. And for me, it yeah. is, you know, around the gut. The gut, and the, you know, why do you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just know. So I, I call just that yeah. the divine window, the divine knowledge coming into your, your gut. It goes yes. to your heart in yeah. resonance and excitement and compassion and understanding. It goes to your spirit into action. And yeah. then the mind knows what it needs to know 
in that moment. Yes, and it's in order to do. In order to do what it needs to do. And you yeah. don't need to, you don't need to validate it, verify it, nothing. You just know. Yeah. Right? And, and I don't, I don't even want to vilify the corporate world. Because I don't think it's the problem. I think it's where we can most clearly see the breakdown of this system. Right. Yes. If we put, I think that we're promoting, um, have been, I think it's changing, but if we're promoting people to the, to be the heads of our corporations who don't operate from their hearts, then we're going to get mind-driven organizations that run the world because we now know that organizations run the world more than governments do. Yes. Um, so, so I believe that our corporate worlds worlds because I because I think there's a whole bunch of overlapping um, circles that they're they're going to become more what we're talking about which is coming from the heart and I think the people who are trying to change that um, are beginning to reach critical mass we've got enough people doing it now that we're hitting the tipping point um, and and that means they what I I call the edge dwellers the people who are on the edge of the current paradigm who are working to change the paradigm and they don't they have to go on faith about what's out there in the new territory that hasn't been explored yet but they're driven by that connection to spirit to their souls to their gut feeling to their knowing so i i think that um we've got a lot of um people who are within the existing system who are getting disgruntled it's not working for them they're getting pressed they're um, they're getting stressed out, burnt out, um, and the and the system's not working so well. And they're looking for answers. Well, the people who are beginning to volunteer some suggestions around the answers are the ones who haven't been working so much in the mainstream or who were cut out, and are now working from the edges, um, from the periphery. And they they say, "Oh, look what I found out here. This is kind of cool. Let's let's see if we can experiment with this." So I think that podcasters are very much on that edge-dwelling side of things. Yeah. And there are some mainstream podcaster, but but podcasting itself is a is a new medium. It's true news. <laughs> yeah, it is. Not yeah, it's news. because it's it is new. Yes. yes. And, and, and it's not, nothing's, nothing, it's all old, but it's a new way of looking at it. Yes. So we can integrate it in a in a different way. And there's no barrier to it, you know, like we're, we're being very open and honest the way we speak. And yes. from that, we, we, you know, broaden our, our perspectives, our horizons and our understanding. And, you know, the greatest gift is knowing that, you know, ordinary people are doing extraordinary things and you too can yes. do that extraordinary thing if you, if you just you find that courage and that strength and, and step forth. And I think that the podcasting has become such a, a wonderful way of, um, not just interviewing people, but inviting people. Uh, yes, it sharing. is. It's an invitation it's to a, conversation. Yeah, exactly. You know, the inspiration for invitation to to embrace what your journey in life and to know you're not alone, and that's yeah. the beauty of it. And um, and I think what we're seeing today, because of the internet, is that there is more heart desire out there. There is more humanity trying to be humane again. Um, and we see, so. yeah. we see the powers, you know, what we call the 1%, the ivory towers, are so disconnected to yeah. what is really needed and what's really real 
that the yeah. people are shaking their heads and going, okay, we can't put it in the hands of corporations, we can't put it in the hands of the politicians. We yeah. see there's a problem here, we're going to have to step up in unity as a whole and correct this. Yeah. I was I was at a, an entrepreneurial conference back in March and, and the keynote speaker um, who runs a, a very, very successful um corporation that he and he's been he's been working in the in the business world as an entrepreneur since he was about 14 and he got up on the stage and he said unless somebody presents me with with some really um irrefutable proof um that we live more than one life this is all we've got and i was i was sitting at the back of the audience and i thought oh there's his there's his cry there's yeah. his his he 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 wishes he hopes that we've got more than one life but but he's afraid that we don't so he's living this one to the hilt right and i don't think there's anything wrong with living a life to the hilt but i also think that it creates the people who are desperately rushing around everywhere um and it it also buys into this idea of uh, the old idea of time and space. Um, but I think that there's more and more people now, those the 1% sitting at the tops of the corporations who are also human mm-hmm. and who are beginning to think, really, is this all there is? Yeah. I mean, how how big a pile of money do you need exactly. to sit on top of? And and how come all those trillions that I have in the bank, I still feel empty? Yes. Right? yes. Because it's really purpose, isn't it? Purpose that yeah. serves humanity, purpose... Yeah. In, in something you love, you know, yeah. your gift that's given that really is truly where the currency is. Money yeah. is a tool. It Money is, is the tool. That. Yes. I, I had a, a sense of that the other day when um, I was remembering that there was a day when I paid somebody to do something and then they turned around and used that money to pay me for something that I was doing for them. <laughs> and, and, I, and I watched the money go in a circle and the money hadn't changed. It hadn't increased right. in value. Right. Um, we were just, we were just moving energy around. Right. And I thought, well, that's what we're doing on the planet. Right. We just keep moving. And, and the only reason that we have to have more money is because we inflate the value of it. Um, so we put, our prices keep going up. Mm-hmm. But, but if we, if we didn't do that and we were just trading, which is really what commerce is, then, then that we would just be, it, Moving energy around um, amongst us, so that we can all get, we can all get the things from the other people that they do best. And it just know, it holds energy. That's all. Right, and of course, a lot of spiritual people really—that's the currency we prefer to work on. I think and, so. Yes, and, and and you know, a lot of the time, not so invitational on the good old hardcore cash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, yes. I still have to go to the grocery store. We really. still got to pay the rent, right? So, um, yeah. yeah. And because we have given our energy to something kind of what we consider more meaningful, but perhaps maybe now and yeah. again we need to look at money as being a very positive energy as well. Well, um, it it is if it's not running our lives, right? right? I don't want money to run my life. I don't want doing everything I do in my life, especially things that I hate, yeah. in order to have enough money coming in to be safe and healthy and have a roof over my head. Right. Um, I want I want the money to serve my life's purpose. I want to be happy while I'm moving pieces of paper and bits of coin and 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 you know digital cards around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's it's when we're looking at the worth of people, you know. The shallow way of looking at it is, 
um, you know, what do they look like? You know, how sexy are they? What do they drive? Mm. What's their house and what's their bank account? Oh, yeah. that's their worth. No, that's yeah. just purely what their bank is worth. That worth yeah. isn't on them. Their worth comes in the character of who yeah. they are, you know, um, how they present yeah. us. What are they doing for humanity? Yeah, you know, how do they make their next-door neighbor feel? Exactly. You know, do they stop and help somebody in the street? You know, yeah. I, I watch these videos of people putting their lives at risk to, to, to rescue animals. And, yes. and you know, it's just like, if that isn't humanity, I don't know what is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, every every once in a while I tap into that world. I did a reading for a woman, oh God, back in the early 90s. And she, what her guides told me was that she was one of the whale people. And I didn't know there were whale people. Mm-hmm. And and I don't mean people who lived by the whales. Right. I mean that that she had been a whale. Right. And and she um I got I got through all explaining all this to her and she was sitting with tears rolling down her face and she said, You should see my bedroom. She said, my walls are wallpapered with posters, uh, underwater posters of whales. Mm-hmm. And she had always felt connected right. to whales. Right. She would go and sit by the, by the, um, seashore and, and watch the whales jumping, um, in the water further out. And they gave me, her guides gave me all kinds of information about where the whales were living, um, and, and what they knew. Um, and, and I don't remember all the details now, but I remember the, the, the fact of it and the feel of there was a, there was a unique kind of energy that was involved with these whales and the information that was coming through about the whales. Um, I was in Marineland in Los Angeles in the 1970s and I listened to the I th- this um, special set of earphones that they provide in this museum where you could listen to the whales and you could hear the full spectrum of what they hear because a lot of it is um, it, it it comes out on a level that our ears don't pick up mm-hmm. and it was such a rich world yes and I thought we're crazy if we think that we're the the yeah. sentient beings yeah. on the planet. <laughs> And in a way, it's it's helpful to me because I think the the plants and animals far out yeah. outnumber us. It it makes me feel like maybe there's hope for the planet if we're not the most powerful ones here. With with it, you know, the the terrible twos, you know, in a way, and, and the yes. gnarly teenagers me, me, on the me, park. Me, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and yeah. tantrums and things like that. And yeah. and you know, if we we stop for one moment and looked at what this earth gives us. In every single possible thing that we need, and yet yeah. we treat it so atrociously, and that comes from yeah. because we've somewhere along the line we completely lost the value, not only of our own existence, but the existence and the importance of each other and this planet. Yeah. I don't yeah. know when that happened. Was it through the last two big world wars? Was it? Uh, was it when you know people could start purchasing things far more easily? You know, or the never, yeah, never. I don't know. It's almost like we got giddy on the speed of things. Yes. And, and the consumerism. You know. And stopped being careful. Right. And I mean careful not in the fearful sense, but taking care. Right. Well, not, um, not even knowing where, what your, you know, the latest thing you just bought, have you thought about what impact it had on the environment? Yeah. Um, who made it? Was that slave labor? You know, yeah. and if we became more mindful of what we bought, A, do we really need it? 
Um, yes. If you do, is was there ethicalness in, in producing it to you? Is is it uh, yeah, environmental? Yeah. We really need to be mm. more mindful on our purchasing, don't we? Yeah. There's a there's a an author um, named Robert Fulgham who lives uh, on a house in Seattle. I presume that's still where he's living. And he wrote the first book he wrote was called All I Need to Know in Life I Learned in Kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And he has a list in there of the things that we teach pe- young people in kindergarten. And one of them put things back where you found them. Right. And I think that that's, that, that line could make us a planet that recycles. That doesn't use up things and, right. and, um, that, that considers how do I, how do I return this to the earth? Right. Am I putting it back the way I found it? Right. Um, it, it says things like hold hands when you cross the street. Um, and that we should have an afternoon nap. Mm. Um, so it's it's those kinds of take care of one another, make sure we get enough rest, um, have a treat every once in a while. Warm cookies and cold milk are good. Um, <laughs> it's and I thought, yeah, if we could if we could go back to those values that we teach little people, um, that we consciously teach little people. And start applying them to our adult lives. We've, it's all, it's in there. We learned it. But, you know, I think that we also are teaching respect. You I know, think so, um, yeah. I and know, ethics. I, I got caught up with, you know, obviously buying my kids things, but I wouldn't buy any name brand kid, clothes until much later in life. And, um, yeah. and, uh, you know, yes, you know, I got them some great toys, but if, you know, the tantrum came out, believe me, they didn't get anything. Um, yeah. and, but, you know, I also was, for me, it was important for them to become people that recognize their own boundaries in life. And that yeah. if you push those boundaries, you have got to be willing to pay the consequences. So think about the consequences before you do. Yeah. And, you know, as kids, they obviously fell. I had to pick yeah. them back up. I could give them yeah. a whack over the head. I'm mum. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> a hug because, you know, I'm mum. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, that, and they learned that, but they learned in that freedom of, um, of being willing to explore. Well, they have to be able to explore and make mistakes yes. in order to learn from them. Right. And if the mistakes don't have any consequences, right. then they don't, they don't learn how to navigate the world. Right. And, and then we end up with people. I, one of the, I was talking to somebody yesterday who was saying that, um, if they're psychic, if they have intuition, and I believe everybody does, mm-hmm. that we're all born with it and then it gets socialized out of us, or right. the trust of it gets socialized out of us. A lot of people say to me, well, if I'm, if I'm intuitive or if I'm psychic, how do I turn it off? Right. How do I make it so that I'm not picking up all the horrible stuff in the yeah. world? And, and my response to them is boundaries. Right. Well, I think one of the things that we've kind of lost in the last generation or two is, is the ability to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so this is something that you learn by making mistakes and by um, invading somebody else's boundaries and then, and then paying attention to the consequences when you do that, um, being able to say no and have the no mean something and, and listening. I had a, a friend who taught me a very valuable lesson many, many years ago. She said, she said to a, another friend of ours, which part of my no didn't you hear? Mm-hmm. And it stops people dead in their tracks. But I also think that there's a way that we get to say no out 
what we're experiencing. And I think that's part of where the ego comes in. My ego tells me where I begin and end and when some, where somebody else begins and ends. So I know, and, it, and it's an energetic thing, so I know when I enter somebody else's energy field because I'm paying attention and I can feel it. And I may go into their energy field with permission. I may go in accidentally. And they may do the same thing to us. But I can I can say something. Mm-hmm. I can make a choice. If I know where it is, I can remove myself. I can ask permission. Um, so I never work in somebody else's energy field without asking them first if it's okay. And I also don't want to be working Right. Somebody else's energy no. field all the time because it's exhausting. Well, yeah. So and I need to be able will, to say, you know, nope, not doing it today. Yeah. Yes. You've yeah. got to have that yeah. permission. And I actually find, yeah. you know, myself as, as a reader and, um, and very much a spiritual being, um, I am the invitationer. You know, I will show you w- what I can do, uh, yeah. who I am, um, and what, yeah. what is possible. But I, I throw the ball back in everyone's court. And, yes, you know, yeah. if, if you're wanting to play, then we'll play. If you're, yeah. you know, wanting to support, you will support. But I mm. not, it's against everything in my grain to demand from people. Yeah. Um, you know, because yeah. that free will is just so very much embedded in me. Yeah. And I think that, that, that spills over, it spills over into friendship. It, it spills over into intimate relationships and it spills over into your relationships with your colleagues in the business world. Yes. Um, that that we when we lead by invitation um, and by excitement and respect and integrity, I think that we end up with a stronger, more uh, tensile um, a body of employees who can respond better to the vicissitudes of life. You no, know? hundred percent. It, we're not so brittle then. And, and I think that it comes to mental health as well. I mean, we all have times when we get absolutely overwhelmed. We can make it wrong or we can reach out and support people as they go through whatever they're going through. And if we do that with them, then they can do that with someone else. So it, it builds it into the system. It's being your own inner resonance, isn't it? Because that's your, your signature. That's your, your yeah. tune. And yeah. that becomes your invitation. Um, but also, so. it also yeah. becomes your boundary because if somebody's yeah. going to start bringing an instrument that, that is, you know, shattering, you know, you shut that down. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think, uh, but that's also that, that law of attraction. Yeah, right? exactly. I attract, I put out. Right. So if I'm, if I'm sitting around talking about fear all the time, then I'm going to attract all the oh. people who want to sit around and talk about fear. So I will get more, more of what I don't like and I'm talking about. I have to tell you a story around that is that I had a friend um who dissed me um in her life, but that's fine. Um, yes. and we used to go over to her pool to swim and I remember arriving one time and it was a, a an apartment pool and other people were sitting there and she yeah. comes in and goes, Are there any bees? Are there any bees? And she they go, No, we haven't seen a bee. Did you start spraying the area? It's an outdoor pool, spraying yeah. the area. All yeah. of a sudden there is every bee in the neighborhood there. Yeah. Right? Because she's in a way, it, yeah. without meaning to, she's calling them yeah, in. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was, uh, I was at a conference last week, the week before last, and, and, um, the conference organizer, um, had been acknowledging, uh, the degree to which we live in a, in a community, in a, in a world 
that is racist and sexist and homophobic. Mm-hmm. And he was, um, he was inviting people to come to this conference to help to break that, um, to break, to be, to break it open and to start to change it. And, and it was laudable that he wanted that. And then what happened during the conference was that there were some incidences of unconscious racism and sexism and homophobia. And I thought, well, he, he called it. <laughs> and there was much learning to be had in it because it wasn't being done deliberately. Right. Uh, but he called it. And, and it was, it was, it almost had to show up. That's an example. Because, because it was being yes. summoned. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and this is something we have to be very aware of, isn't it? You know, that it's not just the words we speak or the actions that we take, but our thoughts. Yeah. Our, our energy on their own. And yes. if you, you know, if you are, if you're going to say, oh no, it'll never happen to me, or that, you know, that can't, that will never be, then yeah. no, it won't be. That's the message you've sent out. Yes, and it comes out. We comes out in all the unconscious ways. I used to teach about body language, and and people were stunned at what they were conveying through their body language. And I used to suggest to them that they they write down all the things that they noticed in their bosses, um, and if they didn't have a boss, then anything they had noticed in their parents that would tell them whether it was a good time to ask for something that they might not get. Mm-hmm. And and the list that they could write me of, you know, the, my dad would tug on his ear or I knew that if he had his arms folded across his chest, it wasn't a good time to approach <laughs> him. And, and all of these things, right? Listen to the and, signs. <gasps> and then I would turn around and say to them, well, your kids or your employees also know that about you. Mm. That's how much you are conveying unconsciously through your body language. Um, it's probably and the, that's, the unapproachable, right? Yeah, unapproachable or or this isn't the right time. And it's not necessarily negative things. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's love. It, it it might be that you know that somebody is approachable during a certain time, right. um, that, that it's a good time to go and hang out and have a cup of tea with them. But what we're not aware of is how much we are conveying in nonverbal ways. Yes. Because what we tend to pay attention to is the is the verbal. It's, it's that, only that avenue of communication. And if we were to start to pay attention to our energetic communication on top of our physical communication, we would be even more stunned at what's going on. It's setting the tone, isn't it, to the way you want to be yeah. interactive but with it, someone? It, it invites us to be very deliberate. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I say to people is set your intention. Yeah. Because where your intention is, everything else will follow. It, it determines what you pay attention to, what you notice, what you invite more of, um, and and um, and then when you get it, uh, how you react to it is also determined what you're going to get more of. Mm-hmm. So intention, being intentional, is so powerful. This is why it, it um, makes such a difference to your day if you start off calmly and quietly. Um, and you don't just jump out of the bed and out, put, throw your clothes on and jump into a car and be out in traffic before you've even had an opportunity to center into yourself. Well, that's kind of part of the problem, isn't it? People that do that very often 
leave themselves back home and you know the you know the they're still in, in their way, sleep yeah. in a way. Yeah. Aren't well, they? I think what's what's encouraging about this is it doesn't take a whole lot right. to shift our lives. Right. We think it does, but we, if we can change it just by being five minutes more intentional in the morning when we get up. Or five minutes more intentional when we crawl into bed at night and we release the day, then then we can change our lives really quickly. And that I think it's it makes people feel hopeful. It's that consciousness awareness, is it? You know, it's uh, yeah. You've got your antennas working. I think half the time people are just running around in their head. You know, knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. More knowledge makes me greater. Um, but without the connection between the heart, the soul, and the spirit, you're yeah. only firing on one cylinder. Well, we're in a, in a culture where we're rewarding it, right? right? People who have PhDs get paid yeah. more than people who who um, apprenticed as a carpenter or whatever. Right. Um, and so we're we've set a hierarchy there that says the mind is more important than what we do with hands. And I think that we're gradually beginning to understand that that's not so either. And it doesn't devalue somebody who has a lot of knowledge. They have their they have their role. They have their place. They're valuable in many ways, um, but we don't want to devalue all the other people either. No, no, no. Um, and energy is very egalitarian. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about the universe and the energy, um, there is only truth there. It, it just is, um, yeah. and it, it doesn't know manipulation. You know, no. cunningness of this, and this is such a no. human condition, and uh, yeah. you know, it just simply is. And the one thing about when you're reading, um, you're reading what is, and I know that you don't need to hold anything or do anything with anyone. So, yeah. um, it's just yeah. you ta- you tap into their energy signature, and, yeah. and kind of you're you're previewing their movie before they've even seen it. Yes, well, it, well, what's also interesting is as soon as I tell them about it, they recognize that they have seen it. Right. But they weren't necessarily paying attention to it, mm-hmm. or they didn't necessarily recognize or trust what they were seeing. So if we teach young people that their intuition is just their imagination, and, uh, the, and anything that they, that they, uh, notice in their world that is not logical, reasonable, and rational is, is being, just being too sensitive, then they don't feel that they can trust that. Mm-hmm. And if they don't trust their intuition, it gets louder. Yeah. It starts to get boisterous and sometimes even obnoxious. Cosmic <laughs> because it's, Yeah, it's trying to get our attention. And, and I laugh at it sometimes because I have been known to walk the street shaking my fist at the sky and saying, yes, all right already, I heard exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and it has its ways. Uh, you, know, yeah. um, you know, the universe... You think you're on the right track and you think you're all in tuned and then the universe will literally trip you up and then it's uh uh-uh, uh no yeah. no no I call it the universe with a capital U. But <laughs> it is it and it isn't benevolent. It mm. isn't anything. It just it just is energy. Yes. Um it's what we bring to it through this vehicle of being in a human body that changes things. Yeah. So we are capable of joy. Um and I think that I, I one of the things I say to people is have fun whether you're having fun doing something says a lot about the intention that you bring to it and also um uh, whether it's the right path for you i think joy is a great compass um i think our intuition is is an an enormous compass for us in in navigating our lives but joy is too if if i've decided i want to go north and i know where it is 
if I'm not feeling joyful, I might have got off my path. Yeah. It, it at least invites the question, am I still on the right path? Where did I stop feeling joyful? Well, I mean, I, I found when I was reading that most of the time people came to me when they were at a crossroads in life and didn't know which way to go. Yeah, and feeling stuck. And feeling stuck and, and also this huge thing, the pull of, of what I should do compared yes. to what I, I want to do. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, you're kind of, again, freeing them from the should into, you know, the exuberance of what they can do. Again, all we can do is paint the picture. They've got to to walk the walk. Um, yeah. and, but it's when they can see the picture clearly and in a, in a, in a sense, you've kind of given them permission to chase that picture rather than, you know, yeah. go down this, the same old road that's just going to bring them back to where they are. Um, yeah. it, 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 you're kind of giving them wings in many ways, aren't you? I think so. And I don't even think they have to see the whole picture. Uh-huh. All they need to see is the next square that yeah. looks enticing. Right. I call it following the shiny. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty irreverent about this stuff. I remember right. I was rewriting my website once and somebody said to me, I don't think you should use words like shiny. I think there's sort of a, uh, things like juicy and delicious and shiny. They've got sort of sexual connotations to them and I don't think it's, it doesn't sound professional. And I said, yes, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I want people to have fun. Exactly. It's, but also it takes all the, the deep reverence out of it. Yeah, I think we've got, we've got this emphasis on being so serious. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, yeah. so pseudo intellectual that we're forgetting yeah. that we are children inside who are wanting to have a good time. And yes. when you childlike, to, right? Right. Not child, child. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And but if you are bringing that childlike exuberance and joy and exploration, you know, to uh, to what you're doing. You know, that beautiful sense of wonderment yeah. and possibilities. Yeah. You've lightened yourself up. You've lightened up people around you. And yeah. that anything is possible with that thing. But yeah. It puts us back in learning mode. Yes. Because children are learning all the time. Right. It puts us back in collaborative mode because children play with one another. Right. Um, and I think that's where, our, that's where our possibilities and our hope lie. Yes. In, and I love the boundaries. There's a, there was a physicist, a Nobel winning physicist named Rob, uh, Richard Feynman, who, who, um, in his, he taught at, um, the university, I think, I think it was Stanford. And he taught, he was teaching physics and mathematics. And in the summer holidays, he would, he would go and work in the, another, another discipline. He'd go and work, deliver work in the department of another discipline because he wanted to know what they were doing in case there was some overlap with what he was doing mm-hmm. because that's where he learned. Right. And when he'd go into the cafeteria at lunchtime, he said all the physicists would sit at one table and the mathematicians right. would sit at another table and the biologists would sit at another table. And he would go and join their table and he said at first everybody was really kind of um, edgy about him being there because he was he was ch- changing up the norm. Right. And he said once they got used to the fact that he wasn't coming to tell them how how they were wrong or or how what he did was better or um, trying to change their lives, but that he was actually sitting and listening to them and asking them questions and exploring with them, then they used to him coming to sit at their table and and they were happy to have him there. Right. But I've, I, I, I laughed when I, when I listened to that because I was one of those people who wanted to go and sit at the other tables. Mm. 
And well, it's not always done, but I think that if we have the courage to step out of that comfort zone, then we can we can discover all kinds of delicious things. The other thing is the illusion. I, re- I remember once taking a course and, you know, right brain, left brain, and, and of course on the creative side of it, and the person next to me was in the very logical, and I go, oh, oh you know, I wish I had your logics. And he said, God, yeah. no, I wish I had your creativity. Yes. <laughs> and, and if you play together, if you collaborate you with one another, hand, you've right? got both. <laughs> exactly. It reminds me of the story of the of the two sisters, and they had one orange each, and both of them had a recipe that needed two oranges, and they ended up not being able to make either recipe. And when they sat down and looked at the recipes themselves, what they found out was one of them needed the rind and the other one needed the juice. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right? And it's such a great analogy yeah. of, of what we can do in life if we just sit down and listen to one another. Yeah. Well, yet it's, you know, we have all this discord going out there and, you know, families arguing. And, you know, the trouble is, is that we're fundamentally all saying the same thing, but we're saying it in yeah. a different language. And because yeah. you're hearing it from a different language, you go, oh, no, that's wrong. Well, you know, try understanding it from their perspective because each one of us has a different personality type. And yes. when we and yeah. when we put it all on the table and say, what's the common denominator here? Ah, yeah. that. We always have for. way more in common than, yes. than separates us uh-huh. as differences. I don't know if you find this when you read, but when I'm reading for people, I pick up tons of information that comes to me in metaphors because it, it helps... Uh, metaphors and analogies because it, it helps to deal with the fact that we don't have the language for this yet. Right. I agree. Yeah. So it, it comes in pictures and little stories in, and, and I, and that often the stories are, are funny or, or have pathos. You know, they, they, so they, the stories themselves are bridging. I think we find this are, um, all the archetypes in the world, the, the mythology that we have is very similar from one culture to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, um, pictures, there's always a movie going on in my head, you know. Uh, yes, generally yes. You know, yes. I, I call myself a possibility seer, so I can see the possibilities. You know, you, well, you that's have... That's a nice the, way of putting it, yes. You have the capability of doing A, B, and C, and, and if you walk this path, you know, D, and F is there for you, and... And I paint the picture of everything that they can do because that's what's being shown to me. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. they don't believe in themselves and we need to take that journey, I can't do yeah. anything for them. I can only show them the picture, even yeah. the direction in order to achieve yeah. that picture. I but often find that if, they, if they're not willing to take the possibilities, they can't even get to me. Right. They lose my address. Yeah. They can't find anywhere in my schedule that works for them. Uh, you know, the dog ate their keys. <laughs> like, it, it, they just literally cannot get to yeah. me. Um, not ready sometimes they can only get to me to listen, and they can't really, they might only take one thing on board. But that one thing is what's going to sit with them for the next two years yes. until they're ready to do more. So, and sometimes somebody comes to me and they take it all on board all of a sudden, and I'm, I'm under no illusions that I did it all. That I think that they've probably been to twelve other people, or or had in interactions with twelve other people that helped to set them up for being able to hear what I had to say that day. Right. So exactly. so that's collaborative too. That's it's it's the magic, right? Yeah. Sometimes it, sometimes you, well, well, it is it it totally is, and and it's you know how do you do it? I don't know. Just do it. You know, yeah. again, right? Don't yeah. question. Yeah. 
and it's yeah. uh, each one of us has our own particular unique style because that's the way it is um, yeah. and the thing is is that you know I know when people say to me how did you know that I don't know I was just in my knowingness it's not for me to yes. know how I know it's just what no. I know at that moment that I need to know yeah. it and that's all I need to trust right? I need to know a little bit of how it works because I'm I'm trying to teach people how to access and right. hear and work with their intuition and so the the more I try to teach it to people, the more I'm learning about how it works. Mm-hmm. But that still doesn't give me everything. I think I've just got maybe the skin on the outside of the skin of the skin, you know. Right. It's, it's, it's infinitesimally small, but it's what we can work with for now. It gives people just a little bit more access to their own inner knowing than they would have ordinarily, right? If you look at just the last few years, I would even say, you know, since December 2012, when the the shift happened and, you know, the vibration rose and, um, you know, we're seeing the different dimensions, uh, there's more people that have woken up in the last five years um, than ever in history before. It's it's exponential. Uh, And I'm seeing the proliferation of television programs about this is... And radio shows is stunning to me, and and I don't always agree with what's being said out there, but it's being said. Yes, it's in the, the it's in the common discourse now. Right. So now I can I can use terms. I can say higher self, and people don't look at me like I have two heads. Right. They may ask me to clarify, but they're not looking at me like I have two heads anymore. Right. Because the language is out there, and, and again, the language a lot is to beginning do, to come. Yeah. Right. And a lot to do with with kind of YouTube and podcasting has been definitely yeah. be the leader in that way. And yeah. uh, but also we can only have people grow at a certain level. You know, you can't if you take people too fast. They kind of, you know, it's, I don't know if you ever saw the Golden Compass, the movie, or read the books, Northern Lights. You know, our souls are on the outside as, as different creatures representing who we are. If you separate them, yeah. you'll both die. And I think yeah. if we go too fast too soon, you know, people are going to get stripped away from who they are. Well, I think, I used to live in, at an intentional spiritual community in, uh, in Scotland. And the people who were counselors around the community were on call to deal with people who were having what they called spiritual crises Mm -hmm. because they were the people who had come into the community and were trying to go a little faster than they were able. Right. And, and the community was recognizing this and working with them because otherwise they ended up drugged in the emergency room and a local hospital. I've seen that. And that wasn't useful. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this was, they called it a spiritual emergency and, and they, they pulled in, you know, sometimes the, the, um, guy I was living with at the time was one of the people who was on call. I was new to the community, so I wasn't, but he would disappear for a couple of hours in the middle of the night and he'd come back and he'd say, yeah, so and so popped. He, they used to call it, they'd mm. pop. Um, and and the, the community would gather around them and hold them as they went through the crisis, and then they would come out at the other end um, and and adjust. Yeah. Uh, but it was like they went; they'd been put into a pressure cooker because right. there were so many people of like mind around there. So it was raising the vibration level. And I think also there was something to do with the geomancy of that area. I think I think there was a, um, a strong energy field mm-hmm. there. Perhaps there was a portal as well. Um, and the portal just being a, a connector between one one realm and another. 
Um, so I think people would, they would be drawn to that place and then, and then sometimes it went a little faster than they were, um, prepared for. That happened to me when I was younger. Um, <clears throat> I, you kind of lived in spirit all the time and at one time, mm. um, I ended up losing half of my body's blood and, uh, being possessed and, you know, went through the whole thing. And sure, did I need someone to rescue me at that time, but at that oh, time God, they just yeah. thought I was completely a freak. Yeah, so uh, then you'd go into the medical system, right? Uh, right, exactly. And, uh, you know, um, but it was a question of dabbling too much without any protection. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, kind of uh, opening up doors to, to vibrations that did not serve me. And, you know, I was, yeah. I was busy exploring without the boundaries. It's like a brand new driver going out on the highway. Yeah. Without knowing Put how to, to really cope with it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's skidding out. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you know, we've called the show, you know, portaling. And, uh, you know, portaling is, is, is that kind of channeling, isn't it? It's, is there's portals everywhere. Well, I'm beginning to figure out about all of this. I knew that there were portals because I could, I could feel them. Um, uh, it, you might you could also call them energy openings on the earth mm-hmm. um uh cathedrals are often um built on places like that um and there's a in in york in england there's um there's a, a a roman fort and then on top of that was built uh no it was the romans no the normans came before the romans but there was a there was a, a norman church a roman fort and then a christian church um cathedral built all on top of one another mm-hmm. and you could go underneath the york minster cathedral and the fort you could go down and see the norman stronghold and the and the roman one all there the underneath so what that tells me is they all knew that that was a powerpoint right so they all put their sacred whatever they consider to be sacred, they put their sacred buildings on top of that PowerPoint. So I can feel those. A lot of airports are are PowerPoints like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of government buildings are built on top of that. Um, some some corporate locations are. Um, a, a lot of sacred sites are, are located on top of that, like Stonehenge. Um, but I was told about a year ago that I am a portal. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know before that that person could be a portal. So it's it's kind of like being a portable um, energy uh, opening, <laughs> which makes sense. And I'm still learning what it's all about. Right. But I've I've sort of embraced it and, and making fun of it the way I do with power sorcering. I call it portaling. I've right. turned it into a verb. But that's, I think, what I'm doing. I, I looked it up in the dictionary before the show, and it, it says one of the meanings of a portal is a website that lets you find other websites. And and I thought, well, that is such a great analogy because mm-hmm. a portal is is um it's a, it's like a liminal space that allows you to find other spaces. So it could be spaces within yourself, could be access points within yourself but it can also be in the cosmos so it it's it's a high it's like a high traffic area yeah i mean quite essentially this one being portaling as well i kind I of so. you know i call it kind of connecting um but really yeah. when, when you think of it that's that's what it is it's like yeah. um you know come into our radio shows and and that is yeah. a portal to the knowledge it, that yeah you it's need. a door a right. do- i mean on this level it's right. a door or a gate right? yes 
Exactly. Um, that's a that's a portal and comes from the word port, which means door. Right. Um, but I think that I loved when I saw that one about this is the new up, updated dictionaries, right? Because they take the technological meaning of words into consideration. But a website that lets you find other websites, it's yeah. it's uh it's a it's a gateway. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. I I like that idea. Yeah. And I can actually feel when I'm portaling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's a it's a space that doesn't have time associated with it. Well, that's There's the an thing. incredible freedom in that space. Yeah. I don't know about you with when you're readings, but everybody goes, "Well, when is this going to happen?" And of course, in in you know that world, there is no time. No. Right. Everything is just on you know yes. in the in the now. Everything is here right now. Yeah. And so yeah. it's very very hard to read time. You know, sometimes I can get something I oh, can yeah. feel it's imminent. Like yes. it's now. And, well, I and, say it's a probability, right? And it's based on how you've been doing things up until now. Mm-hmm. So if people continue along the way they've been doing things up until now, then the probability of that happening is pretty high, right? But right. they have free will. Yeah, and so does everybody else in their lives. So then you've got exponential interference. Yes. So if they're in a community of people, whether it's a family or a business or a community that that is on the same page as them then that also means that that outcome is more likely. Yes. But they could change their family, their community. They can move. We can we can fly to the other side of the world in a few hours. Right. Mm-hmm. So this this means that it brings the intention back into it again, right? right? What do I intend? How intentionally do I want to live my life? If the person that I'm expecting to connect with, like my true love, doesn't show up when I expect them, then will I wait for them? Will I keep coming back to the same place? Will I hang around where I feel like they're going to be? And at what point will I say, okay, that person used their free will or someone in their life used their free will to not make this connection? So what do I intend now? I think sometimes it's putting out the 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 good vibrations, isn't it? Is that yeah. yeah? I'd like to meet somebody when the time is right. Um, yeah. I've put that intention out there, you know, of, yeah. of somebody on this particular vibrational level. Yeah, uh, it needs in, to be because right. otherwise, energetically, I won't connect with them anyway. We, we won't connect with right. them anyway. We'll make them damned uncomfortable. Yes. I've already done that. Exactly. So, you know, question: It's you know, the intent is out there, but yeah. it's not for me to dictate when. And it's yeah. it's all about that synchronicity, isn't it? Because that person yes. that you're meant to meet on whatever level, business or whatever, that person yes. you're meant to meet, what's going on in their life has to be in sync with what's going on in your life yeah. to be at the same place. At the, yes, at and the if right I'm time. trying to hold on to it too rigidly, yes, they may change course. Yeah, and I may need to change course in order to meet them. But if I'm rigidly holding on to my original expectation, yes, I can't flex. In right. order to be able to adjust. And they could pass you right by and you They could pass know. me right by. What I'm also fa- I find fascinating is that there are certain people in my life that when they come into my life, when I look back on it in hindsight, I can see that there may have been two or three different ways I could have met them. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. It's almost like that's the fail-safe. Oh, we were, we were at the same place at the same time, and how that's come right. I didn't meet you? Well, because yes. at that time, you might have been in the same place, but you were two different yeah. energies, and those yes. energies couldn't connect because they yes. were on a different journey yeah. at the time. Yeah. Or we were in the same place, and we left our energy signature there. Mm. And when we met up again, we recognized the energy signature. Yes. I mean, I know that 
people must ask because you read in all sorts of ways and mm. um but you know people how can you read through the phone or through skype how can you you know um work with people and, and i'm always saying yeah. once you've got a person's energy signature yeah it's right, a vibration you, that's it you're tuned in yeah. Yeah. You're right. And what, you know, yeah. whether you, what we read. It's like radio waves. Yeah. I often talk about radio waves because they're going through the air all the time. We don't see them. Right. You don't, you don't walk through one and think, Oh, I just, I just walked through, you know, this radio station. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's not kind <laughs> but of. But you did. It's, it's broadcasting all around you. Yeah, We're walking it's... through energy waves all the time. And absolutely every single particle in this uh, planet and, and universe yeah. has an energy signature. With an intention. With an intention. Even if it's a tree, it intends to grow in an oak. An acorn intends to grow into an oak tree. Right. It's not going to all of a sudden grow into a different kind of tree. Right, exactly. And that's, you know, metaphorically what we need looking for in our own lives. You know, what is our tree? You yes. Know, um, yeah. And an know, oak tree is not better than any other kind no, of tree. No, it's, it's just ju- what that acorn came right. to be. Right. That's your purpose. <laughs> yes. That's your DNA gift that you were given. Right, yes. and it's yeah. not about which I had that one. No, this is the one you have, and when yeah. you truly and attach to it, you understand. Yeah. Yeah. And it can't be destroyed. No, I mean, you can chop down an oak tree, but the wood is going to go somewhere. Yes, exactly, exactly. And if it's, I love antique furniture, and people go, "Well, it's just old wood," and I say, "Precisely." Oh, you yes. know, the that story was that's once in a there, live the, tree. Oh, that that yeah. vibration that's still in there. It's just you yeah. know beautiful. I love it. Um, and I love old things because I love the, the layers of vibration that are in there. Oh, yeah. you know? And going into old buildings, that's a trip. Yeah. yeah. Into big old castles. I, run yes. into, I went into one place in Germany and I was on my way down the stairs into the, into the bowels of this palace, Schloss, they call it in Germany. And I said to the guy I was with who'd been in, in and out of there a lot, he lived in Germany. And I said, Oh, I said, there's a big kitchen at the bottom of these stairs, and then there's this room, and then this room, and then this room. And he said, how did you know that? You've never been in here before. And I said, I'm tapping into another lifetime. Right. Exactly. And that's, you know, again, very often, you know, these little portals into the past. And yeah. I suppose we've got to yeah. be careful that sometimes, you know, from this lifetime, you can slide into another. It's quite uh, possible. So. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been, there's a lot of, um, writers writing about that right now. Mm-hmm. That slides through time. Yeah. And I've never found that I went into another, um, time and couldn't come back. And I'm not going and living there, I'm going and having a peek. Right. So I'm still anchored here. Um, but I, the time travel idea has fascinated, has fascinated us for a long time. Yes. And the thing is, is that if you're willing, because it's kind of done in your twilight zone and if you're willing just to travel you know don't dictate don't try and slow the movie down so to speak just take the ride and and you'll find it's all disjointed as common thread yeah so it's and i love that synchronicity yeah that um the world is just such a cool place (laughs) well you know (laughs) we we were given in the most brilliant planet in the universe and you know really it's time that we step up and respect it um, mm-hmm. We are these beautiful divine spirits in this human body, which means yeah. that we can feel and touch and yeah. hold and yeah. and physically act out in a way that, you know, a, a spiritual energy doesn't. Um, yeah. And so it's it, we need to tap into that body experience yeah. and truly yeah. in, in, embrace it for all that it is and get yeah. out of our heads, get out of that societal dictation and just tap yeah. into who you are and why you are where you are right now. And there we there we are. We've come full circle again. Exactly. I, I remember when National Geographic came out with the 
um, a picture of the earth from outer space. And I remember, I can still remember the cover of the magazine that month. And it made me want to cry. There was something that touched me so deeply about seeing the earth from outer space. Mm-hmm. It it was that that feeling that we're all one. Yeah. Doesn't matter where we put the little squiggly lines on the maps and how many guns we put on each side of the line to keep the other out. Basically, if we're on, if we have our feet on this planet, we are all one. And you know what? The thing is, the the earth isn't square. There isn't corners. There isn't hierarchy. It is round. What is the word one? It's round. What is the circle of life? It's round. You know, it is infinity, right? It's there. It's egalitarian. Absolutely. And and that's the the thing about it is there is no beginning, no end. It is continuous. And uh, and no matter which way you turn it, it's still round. Yes. Yes. So, okay. Well, we're clearly going to have you back again for sure. And uh, I'd be uh, delighted. And it's uh, this has been great. And and you know, tell people about your reading, you know, how you do them, what you offer, and where people can find you. Um, I do as a taster for people who have never done this before and aren't sure if they want to um, explore it. I run reading circles. Um, my next one coming up in Vancouver is on the twelfth of July in East Vancouver. Uh, and that, uh, people can find out more about that by going to my website. Um, also if they want to be, uh, if they want to know when it's coming up, because I do one a month, um, I have a Facebook page, um, called, it's called Luca Halleck's Power Sorcering. Um, so they can, they can go and like that and then they'll, they'll know when things are going on. Uh, my website is called Power Sorcerer. Uh, powersorcerer.com and it's spelled S-O-U-R-C-E-R-E-R uh, and if people go to my website then they can find all the links to all my social media so I'm on I'm on Instagram um, I'm on Instagram Facebook Twitter uh, Pinterest like I'm on all of that stuff mm-hmm. um, so all you have to do is is um, put it in on even on Google and you'll find all of it so that keeps it nice and easy to to find um, I do one-hour readings, and those can be booked through my website. There's more information about how it all works. Um, I do something called um, Power in Your Back Pocket, which is having me on retainer, just like having a lawyer on retainer. Um, and so I work with you around what's going on in your personal life and, um, and how to connect into your own intuition around um, what's best for you. So it's, it's incorporating that gut feel into um, how you're how you're working your professional life, whether you're an entrepreneur or working in the corporate world or um, even working in the nonprofit realm, it doesn't matter. Um, it's it's you and whatever it is that you're you're doing in the world, even if that is being at home and and raising a family. Um, so I do all of that, and I'm right now I'm working on creating uh, an incubator that I'll run online. So that should be coming out in the fall. And if anybody's interested in hearing more about that, that's also on my website. And uh, people can send me an email and let me know that they'd like to know more about it when it's ready. And I can be reached at luca at powersorcerer.com. I'm just going to read her power source, spell it out again. So it's power, P-O-W-E-R, and then S-O-U-R. C-E-R-E-R dot com, power sorcerer. 
and so you'll find everything that you need there and uh you know, if it's if you are a first timer, don't don't be scared. Everybody can oh, what you're going to read my demise, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's you know you can only read yeah. what you're given to read. That's the thing, and Absolutely. what that person needs to know at the time. Yeah, and they only get what they're ready for. Right, exactly. Um, so it's lovely, and I will also do. I can do um, a 15 minute chat with people for free if they want to know a little bit more about how readings work, without having to invest any money yet. Um, and I, and I do the same thing for, um, private counsel. So when I'm, when I'm coaching people, um, I do the same thing. They can have a free session with me so that we can assess fit and we don't go ahead with anything and you don't have to put your money on the line until you know that that's really, um, a good for you. Right. And, and so it's kind of, um, you know, having a little taste of it first. And of course you've listened yeah. to the show. So you've, you've listened to, to Luca and, and everything. Her My philosophy. Uh, yeah. philosophy, but also if you connect on that energy signature. If you Absolutely, feel there is yeah. that connection. Yeah. People uh, know right away, I think. Right. And then, you know, yeah. just reach out and, you know, have a yeah. chat with her and you'll know whether to go further or not. And that's, you know, you've got to yeah. be a little adventurous, a little exploratory. Uh, yeah. and be willing to be open and take any form of dictation or control away from it because I promise yeah. you, you've got no control over your life. Um, yeah. You know, you've just got yeah. to ride the wave and be a damn good surfer. So. Yeah, yeah. And trust that you that you know where you're going. Exactly. And yeah. and don't worry about if you don't know where you're going. You, you've got a destination in mind, but how you... Yeah, prepare. your higher self knows. You've got yeah, your higher self knows, it's, you know, yeah. but sometimes it's not going to tell you. It's just going to tell you yeah. day by day. Yeah. Yeah, right. go turn left, turn right. Right. Or sit still. Just yes. sit put here. Yeah. <laughs> Be in the moment. It yes. will take care of your tomorrows. Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Sarah. I I look forward to doing this again at some point in the near future. Definitely. We'd have to have you back on a round table. That would be great. So Yeah. Great. Um so please reach out to our powersorcerer.com and give it a try. Um, nothing to be afraid of, nothing to lose on here, and you just may be surprised at what your future holds for you. Um, and it just helps you make decisions about where you're going and what you need to be doing a hell of a lot clearer. So thank you so much, Luca. You're welcome. Until next time, folks, bye for now.